The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos have six penises? But not all in a row or something. It's like a penis that has a penis that has a penis that has a penis. And six is the most that's ever been measured. Yeah, it's sort of like how you can only fold a piece of paper seven times. Uh, you can only measure up to the six armadillo dicks before they get too small for detection in our modern with the modern technology. Yeah, try it at home. That's some good science. <laughs> for more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access our episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Spartan. And today we're covering chapters 30 through 33 of Crown of Swords, book 7 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Morghese escapes the White Cloaks and Shanshan with the help of an unexpected ally. Perrin gets fake dumped by his dragon bro so he can secretly sort out the whole dragon prophet mess. It's a PR nightmare, and the last thing Red needs right now is... Bad publicity, really. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Matt continues to receive undesired attention from Queen Tylen, and it just keeps being creepy and awful. Uh, but at least Matt's having a good time at the carnival. He gets jumped by a swarm of fake beggars, who then get jumped by a bunch of real beggars. And, uh, yeah, I guess that just sorted itself out, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he ends the chapter in pursuit of a random woman, who just happens to be under orders from the circle. Matt's powers strike again. Mm-hmm. Right. Chapter 30. The First Cup. Icon of the Four Snaken. So we start in with Elaine facing a semi-formal punishment tribunal for messing with the kin. Yes, this was weird. There's the seat of rebuke and the seat of pardon, so it's kind of set up like a court. Yeah, which I I don't know if they meant to do that, but they sort of did. Yeah, well, there's so one of them is like a it's like basically a prosecutor, defense attorney, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even, even though from now on, whenever my son's in trouble, I'm going to go from the seat of rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I have to take my chair. <laughs> no, mommy, no. Not the <laughs> Not seat, seat of rebuke. rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> and they're angry at her for because they all knew about the kin, and they like the kin. And that's weird because nobody told Elaine about this and she spent like a half a book finding these people. Yeah, so she's basically on trial and essentially sentenced with no idea what law she's actually broken because they won't tell her the secret. Yeah, it doesn't seem to even actually be a law. It's just she broke the custom of not talking about the kin. Uh-huh, and they're and they're just ready to go ahead and punish her for it. Cool. Yeah, and they like the kin because the kin funnels runaways back to them. Yeah. Which is also creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the Matrix outside the Matrix that catches people that reject the Matrix. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she gets saved-ish uh, by a letter from Jayachim Karadin to her about Morghese being in Amadisia. Which I believe is something that Jayachim Karadin was supposed to be doing all along, right? Like, this is an order that he received a while back. Yeah, but he, he's busy getting his family torn apart by Trollocs or something, so he's not... He's not too assiduous about his real job. Yeah. Why did he send this letter? Do we know? I think this, so, is, this is actually part of his white cloak job. They're trying to... They've got more gays, and they want to just trick Elaine into coming and being a, being a prisoner of theirs, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe in Jaichin's chapter, back when he had that weird, like, headache 
uh, memory thing or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, he was mentioning how he was kind of trapped between a rock and a hard place because the Forsaken wanted him to do one thing, and his white cloak boss, Pedro Nial, was saying to bring Elaine in, you know? Right. And he was like, well, the Forsaken are going to, you know, skin me alive, literally, so just going to ignore Pedrin for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, yeah, for some reason he's decided he's going to do it. And I'm wondering if it's because he knows that Pedrin is dead. It's possible, oh. right? Because, like, dark friend networks and, and information. Yeah, and maybe. That would make sense. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, you know, a clearly... Oh, Elaine would have to be an idiot to take this offer. Up. Yes. <laughs> but it pisses her off so much that she sort of takes authority over this meeting. Yeah, she turns the shit right around, which is great, because this was all bullshit. Yeah. It was all bullshit, and she's not having any of it now. I respected her. Yeah, like, score one for Elaine. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. She starts saying, like, you know, I work for the Armelin Seed, I work for the same person you do, and my my job here takes precedence over yours, how dare you? And by the way, I'm high, I'm stronger in the power than you yeah, all are. Which means she outranks them, right? Yes. Because that's how it works with the Aes Sedai. Yeah, yeah. In this case, it works at her advantage. And they immediately turn over. They do, yeah. I, I, I was... It's weird to me how quickly that happened, but they just sort of deflate, and they're like, oh, well, I guess she's in charge now. Mm-hmm. I guess for the, the Aes Sedai hierarchies are very important, and once Elaine points out that, you know, according to their customs, she's ahead, uh, above them, they kind of admit it, you know? Yeah. And then uh, Vandine and Adelius helpfully explain what the deal is with the kin, right? They knew, the White Tower knows about them. They've always known, like... For thousands of years or something mm-hmm. and they keep quiet about it it's interesting because as they're describing this we learn a little bit about the circle which is interesting but we all it also seems that their understanding is incomplete which i i noticed they they don't talk about this rotation thing that we've heard about and they don't seem to realize they, they seem to think there's only a handful of them we know that's yeah, not true yeah they don't know how organized the kin are because yeah. that's a huge reveal right yeah yeah they yeah they think there's yeah just a few yeah. Uh, but so Elaine is just the boss now, which yeah. is cool. Good on her. Yeah. yeah, for sure. She really is. She really is meant to be a ruler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she 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 talks about how she uses uh, the the what is it the ruler voice or the authority voice that her mom taught her. I was like, <laughs> all right, yeah. What do you think that sounds like? Uh, it's it. I think it's probably like speaking. You will do what I say <laughs> now. Pip pip. <laughs> pip, pip, hello. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hello. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Queen of England sounds like. Yeah, right? what do you think, why do you think she does that? You think that she talks like that normally? <laughs> she wouldn't be queen if she didn't talk like that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so we cut to Mogedian, who is on an errand for her boss, Moradin. And she spots Nynaeve in Ibudar uh, in a pretty hilarious manner. Right, because Nynaeve is wearing a mask because it's still festival time. So oh, is that okay? She I was... recognizes her stride. <laughs> oh, I was. What's that? Wait, what does that mean? Nynaeve has a stride. Does she? <laughs> a determined stride. The stride of someone who's a very uh, driven person. Okay. I was. <laughs> sure. I was. I was actually. I didn't pick up on that. I. I just know that she like stopped suddenly, like goes to the top of a building and like zaps a boat with balefire. Yeah, because she doesn't say her name. Mogedian doesn't say her name through this entire chapter. Yeah, her her naive name. She just says, "I saw that woman," and then I went off script and like uses the power to force her way through a crowd and goes up on top of a building, um, and then like brutally mind controls some people to help her, and she balefires Nynaeve's boat when it's out in the middle of the river. <laughs> I, I I mean. This is why you don't fuck with Mogedian, I guess? Yeah, yeah. right? I, I, this is what we were worried about happening this whole time, right? She's going to show up and just bailfire everybody. Yeah, and she does. Yeah. yeah. 
she bail fires. It's it's really cool actually because she bail fires the boat in half, uh, but she hits the rowers, and since she hits the rowers with the bail fire, they were killed previously back in time, mm -hmm. and so the boat is like further back upstream from where it was. Yeah, yeah. It's hard it's, to but also visualize sinking. it, but yeah. it sounded super cool. Yeah, so it, it teleported sinks before from, it got shot. Yeah, right, it sinks. So it's already like underwater by the time by when the bailfire hits cuz it rewound time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the bailfire stuff is confusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> I have some questions about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mogedian, by the way, is terrified of Moradin and the consequences for her going off script. So As she, she runs away. And she's apparently in town to deal with those black ajas, the Isban and Falion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I who that is. I, was, I couldn't remember those names. <laughs> like, like there was just more names. I was just like, all right, so whoever that is. Right. And oh, by the way, she was aiming at Nynaeve. And I assume Balefire, since it's magic, it goes wherever you aim. Yeah. But then she was distracted by some birds, which is why she missed a Nynaeve herself and hit the boat and the rowers. Yeah. Taveran. Yeah. Birds. I mean, right? Oh. Yeah, because <laughs> like, otherwise, otherwise Nynaeve would have been dead outright, right? Yeah. So this distraction is almost magically lucky, right? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nynaeve is Taverin. Right. Wake up, sheeple. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> uh, there, there's like a, a little bit of a, a note here that, um, that some, Elaine knows that Matt has discovered something. She doesn't know what exactly, and I guess uh, Nynaeve is off to do her, her deal. The reason that Elaine is there alone is because Nynaeve is going to do something because Matt has discovered something. And we, I, it's, it's funny because this is the whole reason they brought him in. And literally, you know, five seconds after he sits down and isn't doing what they're telling him to do, he starts following someone from the, the, the circle seems to have paid off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So chapter 31, Mashiara. <laughs> Machiara. Icon of the Wheel of Time. So Nynaeve is sitting there on the boat, going to meet the sea folk. I think it's funny that they decide that Nynaeve was the person to go send to on a yeah, diplomatic mission with sea folk. I was, like, I was like, Nynaeve's okay when she has like someone to grab her arm and slow yeah, her down, she, right? She's the bad cop, you know? Yeah, that's right. And good cop, bad cop works. Like, bad cop, period, doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Especially on a boat. Bad yeah. cop, this bad cop does not work well on boats. Yeah. That's a good point. So she's just sitting there thinking about dresses and nice things, all the nice jewelry she has, which I think she didn't used to think about dresses and jewelry this much, right? This is only in this book, and they seem to be doing it a lot. Because I remember this was a thing when she was walking with Elaine, and Elaine was like, you know, stop, yeah. pay attention. And she's like thinking about the dress shop or something. Right. Uh, and I wanted to mention that Tylen gave her a jeweled necklace as a reward for bringing Matt to her. That's she, uncomfortable. She still doesn't get it. I no. I know. She's like, oh, that, that seemed kind of weird. I don't know why she would feel that way, but okay. She has to pay me for someone. That's bizarre. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, boom, she's instantly underwater. Like, the, she's... Immediately. Yeah, immediately underwater, and the first thing she notices is, like, the boat l landing on the bottom of the river. Oh, yes. this freaked me out so much. It's so freaky. Yeah, this is terrible. Uh, and she's got a, like a little, this is honestly pretty tremendous scene where she's got this little trapped pocket of air that, and she's using, she's taking breaths of the air and then swimming down trying to get her way out of the, the door because she can't channel. And the door is jammed shut because of the, the mud because it's, it's just sunk. Mud. It's yeah, actually just, like in the mud. She's just know? in the room. She doesn't know the boat was cut in half. She doesn't know the best thing to do here. You know, by, by the way, Nynaeve already hates boats. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> After this, he's never going to get a fucking boat again. Okay, so about this Balefire. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Balefire. So Nynaeve is taken back in time, So, but she doesn't have the memories of being back in time, because in this timeline, she was just sitting there, was she just sitting there on the bench, and the water was filling up, and the, the, the boat was rolling over, and she was just sitting there not doing anything, thinking, she, thinking about dresses? She didn't notice? Because the timeline changed. Uh-huh. But this Nynaeve is the one that's in the timeline that survived. She doesn't have that memory, right? She so How does she have that memory? She didn't live that other timeline where she was on the boat for a little bit longer. And we've dealt with this before, right? Like, I believe that there was something with... Okay, so we haven't dealt with Balefire in a little bit. But I believe the last time we dealt with Balefire was when... Matt's life life was saved by Balefire with uh, the dog was the death dog or whatever it's called was biting him. Yeah, yeah, the dark hound or dark hound. right, yeah, and 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 his wounds went away, and he was like, "Dang, I was sure that they they bit me more." Yeah, so he retained some memories of the the, the pre Balefire timeline, but not all of them. There's rules for this, right? Okay, so if Moraine Balefires somebody with a little bitty bit of Balefire that sends him back one second, and then one second later, Rand Balefires. Moraine uh-huh. with a big old piece of Balefire that sends it back five seconds. Yeah. So she gets Balefired out of existence before she Balefired somebody else. Does the second, the person she Balefired get Balefired? No, I think Balefire undo Balefire. I think it would. I think it would unbalefire the Balefire. Yeah. <laughs> so the Balefire never happened, but the Balefire did happen. It burns the pattern, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's outside of time. You can't Does not it... Balefire something. Because Balefire beats time, like time. Yes. There's no causality so do you th- with Balefire. Do you think both <laughs> Balefires would, in fact, happen then? Do you think that? That's my question, right? It's it, they would have to if, if it works that way, right? Uh, hold on. Okay, no. Hold even on. Though, so the Balefire would happen even though there was nobody to do the Balefire. Well, would it un, would it depattern the pattern? Or would it would it would it have happened before the damage of the pattern happened? And therefore, well, it does damage. But the pattern goes both directions, forward and backwards in time. Oh, and that's the thing about Balefire, I guess. Yeah. Would it kill Hitler? that's right if it had the chance (laughs) I don't know this doesn't make any sense to me at all (laughs) and this is this is uh, like what Nynaeve should have just noticed I mean does it so the Balefire makes the it doesn't make the boat go back in time it didn't make the boat disappear it made the people disappear it just cut the boat in half right well it made part of the boat go back in time right like like the part that it hit wait why did the whole boat disappear why the whole boat, yeah, the whole boat didn't disappear. It got cut in half, but also because the rowers were killed, like they had vanished. So what happens in the, the, the official timeline is that the boat's sailing along, the rowers are rowing, and then pop, they're gone. And then Nynaeve is sitting there for a while, and the boat is just sitting there, and Nynaeve doesn't notice that the boat's not moving. And then the boat breaks in half. No, 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 that's not what happens, because the boat gets cut in half It would break in half immediately. they disappear. So what happens is the boat gets cut in half, pop, and the, the rowers all disappear, pop. Yeah. And then Nynaeve is sitting there, thinking about dresses, right. while the water rises around her. Right, that's probably what she would remember if she weren't in shock. But she's in shock, right? <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't Okay, but no, no, here, here, how about this, though, because this just occurred to me. When you shoot a person with Balefire, they vanish. Yeah. When you shoot objects with Balefire, they don't vanish. That's right. Why? Because they're not threads in the pattern. Oh, the boat isn't a thread in the pattern. Right. The, bat, the boat's not part of the pattern. The boat, the people are part of the pattern. People in their lives, that's part of the pattern. What about horses? <laughs> they're not in Teleran Riyadh. That's why I was asking about it, actually. So maybe, maybe they are part of the pattern. We okay. should bailfire a horse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> why is nobody bailfiring horses? <laughs> 
Somebody needs a Bellfire horse today, so we know I what's really, going on. We really need to know. Yeah. Okay. Inquiring minds for science. Does anybody else have any questions about this? <laughs> no. The, the, the fact is, time travel doesn't work, and people should not do time travel things. <laughs> As we can talk about in Harry Potter later. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So she's panicking down in the submerged boat. Yeah. Uh, and she tries, yeah, she tries as hard as she can to escape, but she can't. Uh, and so it comes, there comes a point where death becomes certain. And she, for the first time ever in her whole life, she surrenders internally, like a Zen Buddhist. Yeah. She accepts that she's going to die. And this allows her to channel. And she just blasts her way right out. Yep. Boom. Guess I should have sunk her better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, she gets out of the boat, but she's still like really low on oxygen, so she can't really find the way up, and, and she's having trouble, and she gets rescued by a mysterious benefactor. Yeah, somebody pulls her... Who, A, pulls her out of the water by her braid, which uh-huh. is pretty awesome, uh-huh. and B, she punches in the face on the way up. <laughs> in a classic 90s movie. <laughs> uh, and they, that person drags her up onto a boat and pumps the water out of her lungs, and it's... Land! Yeah. Land's back! I feel sorry. I, I kind of feel bad for him. Because, like, he hasn't <laughs> been around Nynaeve in a while. We've seen how Nynaeve is. He knows Nynaeve. He yeah. traveled with her for a while. He's into that. Okay, mm-hmm. if you say so. I just, I just feel like he's just biting off more than he can chew. Than anyone can chew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we definitely get some shades of Mr. Darcy. I don't know if uh, Robert Jordan was a Pride and Prejudice fan, but... Lan is in soaking wet in shirt and breeches and stockings with his dripping hair clinging to the ankles of his face. Oh, yes. wow. Very romantic. Right, yeah. It's, it's kind of a funny contrast because he's standing there extremely dramatic and romantic and she's puking on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it, there's actually this kind of funny moment because she's puking up all of her breakfast, lunch, and, you know, probably future meals because of the Balefire thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then she realizes it's Lan and she's like, Oh shit! And she just like she channels away her vomit, channels herself dry, and fixes her hair. It's just like, all right, well, you know, priorities, I guess. <laughs> and she's uh, overjoyed to see Lan. She's like, he is not seeing me like this the first time, right? <laughs> Let's see. She hits him in the face a bunch. She, well, yeah, they go and have a, a, a serious talk. Like first, she heals the bruise on his face from when she hit him oh, on right. accident. Right, right, and, and then he and she hits him a lot more, yeah, on purpose, a lot. Uh, she's, yeah, because he gives her the old, the old land standby. I, I court death like a suitor courts a maiden. I, I couldn't give a woman a widow's weeds as a bridal wreath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. also, he's, he's, also that he's still bonded with Morel. Yeah, he's bonded with Morel and... And he was, was going to tell her that she was, I think she he was about to show that she was banging him. And he was like, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going to, no, I don't know about that. What happens <laughs> in Saladar stays in Saladar. Which is honestly better than I think Nynaeve would have handled. I well, expected Nynaeve to handle He also seems to be saying, like, the... What is it? the That warders get super depressed when their Aes Sedai dies. And yeah. They, they usually don't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a fair point. Yeah, it is. And that's... Even bonding to a new person, even someone like Nynaeve, uh, doesn't change that, right? And that's why he was bonded to Myrell in the first place, I believe. Right, Because yeah. she has a history, uh, a record of saving warders. Right, by keeping them busy. Yeah. With uh, practicing their sword work. Nynaeve is going to keep him busy another way. <laughs> yeah, because she's like, she's like, we're going to get wedded, we're going to get married right now, today. Yeah. yeah. It's like beatings to marriage in like, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, she does. She punches him and 
Like, she punches him in the chest, and she slaps him in the face, and that doesn't matter because his face is granite. <laughs> and she finally manages to make him grunt by punching him in the solar plexus. And then she gags him with air. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Off to a great start. She's like, but. we're getting married. I thought it was also hilarious. I'm getting more and more on Team Nynaeve. Like, I was, I've been on Team Nynaeve for a while, but this was pretty funny. I thought when Lan points out that if he and her get busy, then... Morel is going to know through the through the warder's bond. Oh, yeah, shit. and then he's like, well, he's like, is he going to know it's me? So, <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was pretty Is awesome. there a way that we can make sure she knows it's me? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm doing your warder. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was pretty good. <laughs> My name was here. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn's just like, Maybe. <laughs> she was so cool during this conversation. It was so great. Yeah, it, I, I would say of the ways this could have gone, yeah. this went way better than I would have expected. Yeah, she totally, except for hitting him. Yeah, she did well, hit him yes. a bit, but yeah. like, but yeah, he he gives her his line of bullshit, and she's like, "No, fuck that." Like, yeah, I know who you are. And she acknowledges kind of that he had a physical relationship, and she moves on. Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. is... It's like whatever it took. Again, better than I would have expected. This, yes. Of the ways it could have gone, I think it went much better than I, I would have imagined. It was pretty great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciated her just telling him what was going to happen. Oh, yeah, and he calls her Mashiara. Mashiara, <laughs> which means my lost love or something like my that. My lost love. <laughs> the old tongue has a word for everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lan. I think he's making, he's making it up. She doesn't know, right? Yeah. yeah that's good. <laughs> it's part of Lan's game, you know? <laughs> You're my boobly-googly. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? You know, uh, the, the woman that I would like to marry, but I can't marry because I court death. That's the old tongue word for that. Boobly-boobly? <laughs> yeah, boobly-boobly. Also, Nynaeve's block is finally gone. Yay, finally. I know, this is so cool. Only seven books in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, McGettian's fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Nynaeve gets back on task. Time to go meet the sea folk. Yep, we're getting married. I wonder if in this world, too, the captain of a ship can marry people. I think we're going to find out. Oh, <laughs> good! Yay, we got a wedding coming up. <laughs> so... Then Elaine leads the Aes Sedai back to the kin. Because she's in charge now, and she's like, keeping this secret is dumb. Yeah, this is like... I mean, I, I appreciate a direct approach, but there's there might be reasons for, the, for them not having, you know, pulled back this veil. Well, I mean, yeah. Egwene wants all channelers to be connected to the White Tower. Yeah, that is a good point. But also, it's valuable to have people out there working for the tower that aren't known to be working for the tower, right? Mm-hmm. So even revealing that they know about them doesn't mean that everyone else has enough to know about them. Yeah, and they also need to think that there might be people in the White Tower who want to, or who know about the kin. Of course, there'd have to be, and they might be coming for them too. So better that the little tower gets them first. Oh, that's, that's, that's a, good a good point. point. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean. What none of them have said yet is, is if this comes down to a shooting war, right, with channelers, you want to have more channelers, right? Yeah. yeah. So you want to have the kin on your side. Mm-hmm. I think Egwene knows that. I think that's Egwene's yeah. play at this point is like, get all of them, get all the channelers. Get yeah. Them. So they, they go to the door and they knock on the door. And then when the door opens, Dragita <laughs> proves her worth yeah. as a warder. She's like, we're going to break into that house. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. Before, didn't even have to say anything. Yeah, right. This is just, oh, this is my job. My job is you open the door. I rush through and take out anybody. Dragita's <laughs> <laughs> great. I know. She's uh, best, best uh, recruitment uh, right. in India ever. You want to go drinking? She's your guy. You yeah. want to break into a house? She's your guy. <laughs> 
Do you want uh, a voice of reason? She's also your guy. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, if you want to go to a carnival in bird masks, she's down for that too. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Fight a bunch of beggars. That's right. That's right. <laughs> go to. Where did she even keep that knife? Yeah, they barge in on Rianne, who's meeting with 12 other of the kin. And Elaine has a very satisfying vindication. When <laughs> There's she's... a lot of fainting going on. <laughs> yeah. There are. is a lot of fainting. Yeah. These people are very shocked. It's hot in Ibudar. Yeah, you know? yeah they're probably already a little lightheaded from the heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rianne uh, approaches Marilil. Yeah. Uh, she bows to her, and Marilil's like, no, you got to talk to her. Points yeah. to Elaine, and Rianne's like, Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, These kin are in terror and awe of the Aes Sedai. Yeah. And Elaine offers them all a path back to the tower, even to the Aes Sedai, some of them. And that's when we get the big reveal. Yes. She's like, how many are you? And she's like, 783. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Two times as many Aes Sedai as there are Aes Sedai. Yeah. So Whoa. now we have a number on Aes Sedai. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know less than eight fifty or so, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah, close to two thousand. And they're honestly, and they're not, I think they're better organized than the Aes Sedai are. Yes. They're, well, at least they have, they're they seem to have like a better loyalty, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. At and least they can keep together. a secret. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to point something out. It's kind of interesting out here. This is just before that they kind of get into this. Um, I want to point out how. Robert Jordan writes Rianne. Um, let's see. Elaine asks her a direct question. Do you still deny knowledge of the bowl of the winds, Rianne? And she says, uh, none of us would ever use a Terran Grial, much less an Angreal or a Grial. I assure you, we make no pretense of being anything even near to Aes Sedai. We're just these few friends you see tied together uh, by once having allowed to enter the White Tower. That is all. So, the first part is an Aes Sedai, like, Truth on truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she asks her a question. She doesn't answer the question. She says something that sounds like an answer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second part is a lie. Yeah. Because she's not bound by the oaths. So she does the Aes Sedai thing, but she also lies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting the way it's written because she she was in the White Tower and therefore, I guess, got some of the Aes Sedai yeah. training but was removed from it. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, th- these people all have a lot of practice, you know, hiding. Yeah. Assembling. That's right. So they're probably really good at it. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting seeing that double speak combined with actual lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, but the, finally, they admit that it exists, and they agree to take them to the power object storeroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on their way out, uh, Matt shows up. <laughs> he's like, guys, I found the ball. And Ling was gonna be a dick about this. <laughs> she was. She was like all ready to be like. Oh, she was like. Yeah, we already found it, you know. Oh yeah. And Brigitte's yeah, yeah. like, uh, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. He can Give him some credit. Yeah. And, and Matt is kind of a, you know, his d-bag self about it, right? Like, yo, I found the bowl. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Fucking Matt, man. Uh, uh, yeah, but he found it, and then they mention uh, Elaine in passing during all this chaos. Ask Rianne exactly how old are you, and she says she's four hundred and eleven years old. Which I think is older than any other Aes Sedai, any Aes Sedai we've come across, right? Significantly yeah. older. Because Cad Swain, I think they said, was about 200? Yeah, they rumored to be in the neighborhood of 200. Yes. Yeah, and she's supposed to be the oldest Aes Sedai alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this shocks everybody. Yep. Interesting. That's crazy. Could you imagine living 411 years? 
No. I, I, I intend to. <laughs> oh, okay. We would all have been born, if we were 411 years old, before the American Revolution, right? Yeah. yeah. We would have been born in, uh, what would it be? It would be 1608, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, there wouldn't even have been the internet back then. Whoa. <laughs> we could have invented the internet. Man. Oh, man, I would have invented the internet. I would have bought Manhattan, you know, and then live a long, prosperous life until I died in childbirth at 22. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, there were, there, there were some, some rough going here, but Elaine kind of knocked this one out of the park. This is like a, yeah. a great play. She crushed it. Bringing mm-hmm. this in, yeah. That was a good meeting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Good, <laughs> meeting. good meeting, guys, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brought in uh, yeah, to, found some competing interests put them all in a room together and worked out a compromise yeah brought in almost 2,000 Chandlers yeah she's some of whom are synergy <laughs> like, I gotta wonder though so so Rianne is 411 we'll assume that she's on the older side uh, of of them but there are probably others that are of similar age would these people they they aren't studying channeling right they're are they intentionally avoiding channeling generally I think well, the wise woman ones definitely channel, right? Because they heal people. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I just I just wonder if uh, their their quality, how that will compare to what's coming from the White Tower. Yeah, it probably. I think that probably they just don't channel very much. But what they always say is that it's impossible once you've channeled to avoid channeling again. That is just true. so great. And they say that they don't have the agelessness, but I wonder if it's just that they're so freaking old that they did have it and it's just gone now. I, there's a variety of theories. That I have. One of them is that channeling, using the power, you're like burning yourself out in some way. So the more you channel, the less long you live. And they don't know it. Okay. Interesting. So if you can channel, but you don't, you live longer. But I thought they lived... Okay. Okay. I'm listening. Yeah. Um, another theory is that... Another they theory longer. is that I said I do live this long, but when I said I get really old, they retire. Mm-hmm. And the people in the tower don't know what happens to them. They just leave and never come back so maybe they are living that long out there somewhere okay. yeah that's a good point yeah 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 I, I don't know because um, I thought I said I lived longer they do yeah than people yeah oh, sorry. Nor- <laughs> than normies <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah they do um, but not as long as these folks I think cuts cuts one a cuts one whatever so the idea is if you're a wilder but you don't burn yourself yeah. out uh, chapter 32 sealed to the flame icon of the Tarvalon flame so, uh, Elida is having a pretty pathetic dream. I know. This is like where she wins and everyone does what she asks for. It's right. like, this is kind of yeah. sad, She's really. punishing all her enemies. Egwene, like, begs for her mercy. It's awful. Yeah. Elida's fantasies are awful. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, Alviarin wakes her up with news of the disaster at Dumai's Wells. They so finally got there. After that dream, going to the, that kind of news is pretty harsh. Yeah, that's real whiplash. Yeah. Uh, speaking of harsh, it has been two thirds of a book since that happened, and she's just now like reacting to it mm-hmm. and learning about it. Like, yeah, come on. I, come on. It's uh, it's interesting though. I mean, like in a way, this is an illustration of what of the advantage that Rand has, uh, his side, right? Between the uh, dreamwalking and the teleporting. They have near instantaneous sharing of information, and the White Tower doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a real disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think it's kind of funny that uh, Alviarin wakes Elida up by saying, wake up, you fool woman, and then Elida, her eyes open, she's like, what do you say? Please wake up, mother. <laughs> I like that. That is that. pretty funny. Yeah. And 
like Elida brings up the idea that apparently the Ashaman can, you know, travel, which they can, so they could just gateway into the White Tower and kill everybody, like at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says she basically says if they were going to, they would have probably already done it. So yeah. we, at least we know they're not going to do that, probably. Right. Which is pretty terrifying. Yeah. And uh, Alviarin uses this complete cock up on Elida's part to take control. Yeah, she's like twisting the knife. Yeah, if, if Elida doesn't do what she says, she's going to expose her to the tower and she'll get deposed and still, just like the last red in Merlin's seat. That's mm-hmm. right. History repeats itself. Yeah. And Alviarin gives her a whole bunch of orders that don't make a whole lot of sense, but seem to be calculated to drive all the Ajas apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, it feels like she's making Rand's job easier by like just sowing chaos and weakening the tower. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's something that nobody really wants, except for maybe the Black Aja. Yeah, and she also tells her to start raising the guard. You know, getting more troops because you know it's a war, you guys. Which is actually pretty good advice. Yeah, I wonder. So if we if we know that LVR is is Black Aja working yeah. for Masana. So what what do you think her purpose in that is? Is she raising an army for Masana? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe if they don't have an army, then the Saladar army is just going to show up and win. Yeah. And then the tower will be whole again. And Masana wants the tower not to be whole. Ah. Masana wants this to be a prolonged siege and a long battle that ruins both sides. So she's weakening them, but also, but also kind of making sure that they can stand as a military force. Right, yeah. All right. That would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, or it could just be Alviar and doing her own thing, too. Also true. Uh, this whole time I was thinking, basically, yeah, fuck Elida. Mm-hmm. She's awful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alviar sucks, but Elida's actually kind of worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she continues to misinterpret her foretelling. <laughs> yes. She's like, I was sure. Yeah, that foretelling, like, the Amarlin seat will win. Yes, that's great. I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the even her foretellings are doing Aes Sedai lying to her. <laughs> uh, so, Elida is cowed for a while, but then she gets her mojo back and begins scheming against Alviarin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't like Elida, but I am kind of curious to see what her counterplay is going to turn into, you know, like how yeah. that's going to work. So, what she does is she goes and enlists uh, a non-ally on a mission. She goes to some other, this other Aes Sedai that has no reason to like Elida. And she puts her on a mysterious investigation into treason. This ally named Cian, who's a white Aja. Yeah, this is an interesting approach. Yeah, she doesn't tell her specifically what she wants, just says, look for treason even at the highest levels. Mm. Yeah, and clearly she's hoping that it, they're going to find Alviar and. Right. As, I, I think. As someone who's been like betraying. I think what happens is exactly what she wants to happen, which, you know, that's more competent of. Elida than I would have thought, <laughs> which is that Cien sits there and thinks and realizes that I'll, that Elida is thinking Black Aja, but doesn't want to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what Elida thinks? Yes. Okay. I, I think that that's... She doesn't have to be circumspect if she believes that Alviarin is treasonous, because she believes that to be true. Yeah. But she's like, what could I do against Alviarin? And the answer would be get her outed as Black Aja. She doesn't think Alviarin is Black Aja. That's right, what I right. think. I think you're right. Yeah. She thinks she's being super clever by starting a witch hunt to find Black Aja and targeting it at Alviarin. <laughs> it's just, I guess a, <laughs> okay, Elida. a stop clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. I guess I should take that back. It's not a witch hunt if they're actual witches. Yeah, right? that's right. They're all witches. It's a Black Aja hunt. <laughs> yeah. So this Cien, uh 
takes the initiative and goes to an old red ally of hers. I like this woman. Uh, I yeah. know. It's pretty cool. This is the first likable red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Even, even Sienna is like, she's in her head, she's like, she's not like the other red one. <laughs> she's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, they do make a point. They're like, she actually should have been Green Asha, probably, but <laughs> she only joined the Red Asha because she was hoping to find more dark friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is why she's the perfect person for this job. Yep. I hope we get a little buddy stuff. cop thing here. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's, she just seems friendly and not trying to lie and manipulate the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Why do you think, though? That's curious to me. So it says that she chose the Red Aja. Her entire family was killed by dark friends. Right. Which is super sad. Well, yes. she was still, I think, a novice, they said. She, mm-hmm. she was still real young. Why would joining the Red Aja help you find more dark friends than being, like, green? That doesn't make sense to me. People think that men who can channel are dark friends. Yeah. Only a dark oh, friend would do that? something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, she, it's like, she, it's the dragon's fang thing. It's just, it's evil, and the townsfolk hate it. Okay. Yeah, she, she thinks that in pursuit of men who could channel, she's more likely to find dark friends. Okay. Which is not necessarily untrue. I mean, probably a lot of false dragons are being raised by, you know, dark friends or something. I just feel like with the Reds, it's much less false drag, like suppressing false dragons and a lot more just trying to identify men before there is a problem, I before false they, dragons happen. They mentioned at some point that the original Red Aja, back when they were male Aes Sedai, what they were they were sort of like the the Aes Sedai cops. They were like they f- they tracked down people who were misusing the power, mm-hmm. uh, and so like the the core of the Red Aja isn't just we hate men. The core of the Red, Red Aja is misuse of the one power in general. Okay, so it's theoretically possible that you could be like in the Red Aja but not hate men. You mm-hmm. just want to be a cop. Yeah, okay. which is what she is. Yeah, she's a nice cop. Yeah. Uh, so they they sit down and the, they figured out that this is this is about the Black Aja, and they they begin their investigation. Which I'm very interested to see where this goes. Because, I actually because this is very clever of Elida to set you know she this is a hail mary play right she doesn't have a lot of good plays but also this could go so wrong in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I but I actually do like so they talk about their approach a little bit. Um, they're they're like. I mean, it's it's a white Aja thing, so they're logicking it out, right? Yeah. She's like, okay, what we know is that black Aja have to be able to lie, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at written records and find out where those are demonstrably untrue. Because if somebody wrote a lie, then they have to be black Aja. I was I like... Think, no, I, no it, was, it was more complicated than that because they can write lies. They can't say lies. They speak no word that's not true. So if they can find documentation... That uh, that something that something somebody said is not true. That means they lied out loud. Yeah. So they have to find something where they can compare statements with written records. It's an idea, and I guess you have to start somewhere. But that seemed a little silly to me because they're so good at manipulating their words, both speaking and written. So it seemed like it'd be meaningless to me. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to catch I people mean, in just a flat out lie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is for sure. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the logic behind it. If you if you can find a way to catch someone in an over lie, yeah, they have to be blocked out. I wonder, because they often say things, like, they make generalizations like, well, we all hope the Dark One is defeated in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're all on the same side here. Yeah. Which would be lies, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you ask them expressly, are you Black Aja? Then they'd say no, I assume, right? Yeah, they would say no. But, but those, I'm saying that there are, there are lies that are a little bit less specific, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They might, they might. I mean, you'd have to be a huge dumbass to just make blatant lies that can be immediately disproven. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although the, the dark friends we've met have not been the, the sharpest tools in the shed, right? Yeah. Also, I feel like sometimes the, the dark friends slash, slash Black Aja, or if they, you consider them the same thing, 
uh, are forced into difficult situations through their orders, right? They're asked to perform tasks that lead them to difficult situations, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you find yourself doing something stupid because, frankly, the person who's ordered you doesn't give a shit if you die. Yeah. Although, from Delana's per, uh, example, we can see that a lot of them are like, they're just doing their job. They don't think of, the dark friend thing is just like an occasional thing for them. Mm-hmm. Occasionally they get an order most of the time. <laughs> Freelancing dark friend. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're weekend dark friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. I want to see where that goes. Yeah, me too. Chapter 33, A Bath. Icon of the Dragon. And how nice was it, just jumping back a little, to get character new characters that are actually interesting? Like, mm, there's a value yeah. in getting new characters. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a perspective on the Aes Sedai we haven't got before. So yeah, that's it's great. Good. Yeah. And I liked her. She's like the, what is it? The Cian herself was like, like, I don't like Elida, but, you know, the law is the law. So I, I was, I'm on her side, you know. Mm-hmm. So we get somebody who's not a partisan, you know, just an right. Aes Sedai who's in the doing her job, right? Mm-hmm. Which is probably most of them, right? I would imagine. Yeah, but we don't hear from them, right? Yeah, it's true. Chapter 33, A Bath. Icon of the dragon. So Rand is sulking in his chamber for days. Yeah, ever since Perrin left, he is not doing great. Absolutely acting super crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whispering to himself, having insane dreams, shouting to himself, smashing the furniture. Sometimes he's whispering to himself. Sometimes he's shouting to himself. Yeah. (laughs) He's the dragon report. I'm the dragon report. I'm the dragon. I'm the dragon report. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's having crazy dreams about dead ladies uh, and various other things keeps opening the door to his like what's it magic remote controls mm-hmm. yeah, not touching and, them and, and, and trying to trying to prevent himself or trying to force himself to touch him or something just obsessing over them it reminded yeah. me when like it's really late at night you want some ice cream and you like shuffle through the fridge but you're like I'm gonna die and I probably shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> you open the fridge you look at the ice cream and you like reach for it you're like no you close the fridge you walk away then you come back come like back 10 minutes later, later. <laughs> You unweave the wards that would burn anybody who touched your ice cream to it. <laughs> yeah, you don't put that on your ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we find out eventually that the reason, the real reason that he's shutting himself away and torturing himself is because of the horrible thing he did with men. <sighs> yeah, this is dumb. I mean, yes. it's just, like, Rand's emotional ignorance is something that they've, they're really, like, they've been harping on for two books now. Yeah. Uh, with this, this men thing. But this is just, like, a little too far. It's just, like... It doesn't make sense to me, right? This my, is... my patience is worn out. The yeah. time for these teenage dramatics is over. Yeah. And this is not even his first sexual relationship, right? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. They're the one with Alvier. Oh, sorry. Alvierin. No, that's in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Alvienda. <laughs> it's the, the, the logical thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did send him that letter, right? <laughs> she did, yeah. No, uh, the, I mean, the thing with Alvienda didn't go exactly great for him i suppose but still i mean i mean didn't... it went okay considering yeah yeah i mean yeah how it... shitty of a lay is he though if he can't recognize whether the woman's into it or not or like completely misinterprets it it's i don't think it's anything about that because she mentions there's a point where she was she was taking his shirt off and tearing yeah. his clothes off and he's like yeah. does that not does that that's what not what a... the hell i mean he I don't know. It, it's real vague, but he thinks of it like he was a beast and he, he, he forced her. But 
I think it's just sex negativity, right? He's, he's just like, only bad people have premarital sex. Yeah, it's like a Puritan mindset he, there. That yeah. is the thing that he says to her. She says like, oh, you know, we were just friends comforting each other. And he said, comforting? If we said that in front of the, you know, the women's circle in Two Rivers, they'd have us both beaten or something. It's like, it's just it's like, like I, And also, I don't think they would. Because... Like just a chapter or two ago, Nynaeve was thinking about Callie Coplin, the most forward woman in the Two Rivers. The merchant guards knew her birthmark better than they knew her face. <laughs> and, Wait, and, where do you think her birthmark is? Uh, on her face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, it's, so it's like a large birthmark on, your, on her forehead. It's but distracting. Like, I mean, but clearly they, they have premarital sex in the Two Rivers and it's frowned upon, but it's not like they... They drum you out of this village, you know? Yeah. He's I, freaking out way too much. Yeah, it just doesn't... It's Yeah. But I'm saying he doesn't know what a positive reaction looks like. Yeah. No, I that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he's probably... I, Min seemed like she... From what she's okay. saying, she seemed like she had a good time with it. So yeah. Min, Min seems like somebody that is perfectly capable of getting her needs met. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Like if it didn't go down the way she wanted it to, it, it, you know, she would have changed the situation, right? I'm yeah. sure she had lots of energy and enthusiasm. Right. Like, this, so maybe that's part sense. of it. Like the whole period thing, he expects that like a woman is supposed to just like lie back and think take of, it. <laughs> lie back and think of England or something. <laughs> think of Randland. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he thought she was. I don't know. It's stupid. It's stupid. He's it doesn't just, make any sense. He's at just all. a weirdo about this. Yeah. 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 It's and, really uncomfortable. And like the the only like semi valid argument he has is that he has a somewhat established relationship with Avienda and Elaine already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Which he does actually tell her. I mean, he thinks he's telling her to like break her heart and make her go away. It's and like, she's like, I I knew that the first time I saw you because I'm psychic, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, also, they love you, too. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, and it's... Come on, Rand. I mean, you, you, we've all been primed to uh, to get this pretty easily because of the Aiel polygamy thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this whole conversation is just kind of eye-rolly to me. Yeah, but luckily it's Min that he's having this conversation with because she's super good at straight talk. Yeah, she's yeah. like, <laughs> quit being dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, there, this is kind of a throwaway thing, but I, I do want to point it out. Uh, at one point, Rand is like, "Man, this is so. This is such a complex situation. I really envy Perrin and his serene gentle, marriage, sweet wife, yeah. <laughs> gentle sweet wife." I was like, "What? Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> were you were you not around for? An, I mean, surely he must have, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess all the overt violence is done in their bedchambers, you know. Uh, and Rand so. wasn't there when he when Perrin had to threaten to kill her parents. Oh, that's true. Plus Maybe Rand doesn't have the magical nose where he can smell her jealousy wafting off <laughs> of her or whatever true. dumb her thing. spiky jealousy. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm buying more and more into one of our listeners' theories that the the, the smell of her uh, motions shifting is like not completely yeah. fair to her. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. she doesn't always act on them and yeah. she, you don't control your own yeah, it's like Impulses. if you could read if you could read your partner's mind. Like sometimes oh, they're gonna God no. Yeah, right. That'd be terrible, Never. right? Sometimes they're gonna think things that they don't want you to that you shouldn't know, right? Yeah, I would do. I would or do. Don't Absolutely. take it too seriously. Are you kidding me? Yeah, if me and my wife could read each other's minds, that would be great. <laughs> like knowing more is always better than knowing less. That's I, what I think. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I, you, you just you have to be understanding, right? You can't be like parent. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, absolutely, I'd want to know that. You know. Like, if I've upset her and I didn't know about it and she's not telling me, I would want to know about that. Lucky for being sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking more like, you know, we have days when we get home and it's just like, oh, just shut up. 
Actually, no, that's not fair. I don't think that. But, you know, we think things about our partners that are not always complimentary or not always true to the way we really feel. Yeah, yeah. sure. But, like, if it, if it was a two-way street, I would be happy to be perfectly open with all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, I, I, I hate social interaction anyway. You <laughs> <laughs> just wouldn't have to talk. It'd be great, right? Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, this... So Rand tries to send her away because I'm too dangerous. And she's like, fuck you, man. Yeah. You need me. <laughs> yeah, she, like... She came here for him, like, through a bunch of shit. Yes. You know? She's gone through uh, a lot. But after their talk, Rand is back. He's not sulking about having had sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I guess I better do my dragon job. And he's like, yeah, do your goddamn dragon job, man. Yeah. It's been like half a week. There's sea folk out there. Yeah, he's ready to finally meet with the sea folk, which I've been waiting for for a long time because I like the sea folk. And, I I, see what this is about. and honestly, like, he knows that he's important to the sea folk. I, like, he, he, the excuse he makes is like, well, I didn't see anything in the dragon prophecies about them. Dude, having a, a navy at your command yes. is useful, man. Especially with the frickin' Shan Chen. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. It would be great. But also... I, I mean, I guess I've taken Rand's side here, but the argument he makes briefly is that, like, everywhere I go, I wreck the house, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I overturn their society, it's terrible, a lot of them die. I, if I could just spare anybody, I could. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's his job. Yeah, it's his job. Yeah. The sea folk are the ones that survived the breaking by being at sea, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if anybody could survive on their own, it's them. Yeah, I suppose so. And then it ends with a really awkward... Yeah. Classic Robert Jordan. This is supposed to be so funny scene. Oh, he's naked, and everyone can see him naked. Yeah, yeah. Oh. the maidens are joking. Yeah, the maidens and the men all bathe him. Yeah, because he's nasty. Because he's been because he's been... having insane rages for four days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't like changed clothes, so he's you know, <laughs> yeah. They probably had to cut those off of him. Yeah, and they all take turns washing him and commenting on his body. Yeah, yeah. And they they make him walk several feet to get the towel so they can all look at him. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it fell right. flat again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, RJ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he gets a bath. Sure. So nothing actually happened in this chapter, right? Uh, well... He, he got his groove back. Yeah, but his groove never yeah. left. Like, I mean, he had his groove before the end of this, before we, when we saw him last, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess... Well, he's officially him and men are officially an item now. That's the one thing. Are they? I mean, isn't that the I, implication? Where I, she's all like jumping yeah. in his lap and yeah, I, maybe. I, I I thought he was saying, "I love you," but I also love Elaine and Avienda. Yeah, but he's acknowledging now she's not just a friend. Yeah, that okay. she's one of three. Okay, she's up there with um, Elaine and Avienda. I guess right. we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot. But at least he's going to go finally talk to the sea folk. That's good. Yeah, good. Good. I can't wait to see that, actually. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about that. I want to know about this Koromori. That's the, the only uh, prophecy about him that we don't know much about, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. And our prophecy is that he will stand there and we'll all line up and we all punch him in the balls. <laughs> Every member of the sea all folk All of the to. sea folk. And if, if this doesn't happen, he'll lose the last battle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Look, it's the dragon's duty, okay? It's the only way. Uh, all right, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 34 through 36 of Crown of Swords. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. 
I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Spartan. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcasting Club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.